Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again to another great episode of the Young Entrepreneur Mindset Podcast. I am your host. I want to thank you for joining me on this Monday. All right, happy Mindset Month. Your first time, please listen. Take just a few seconds to subscribe and like the channel. I greatly appreciate your support. You can also follow other audio platforms such as Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. Listen, thank you guys once again for tuning in. Listen, I'm going to have a great, some great content. If you're listening right now, uh, you need to tune in, man. You really need, this is some very, a very educational uh, episode that you're going to be listening and tuning into right now. So you need to listen in because it's, it's, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. But before we anything further than that, I do want to thank uh, a few, uh, a friend of mine that's advertising with me right now. His name is Quest for Life. So follow him on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and whatnot. We're going to be working together as a team uh, in many projects and whatnot. His name is Carlos Quest for Life Cepeda. And as you see, uh, if you need an automobile right now, if you're in, anywhere close to the Orlando area, uh, either it's a new car, used car, I advise you to connect with this great man, Carlos Cuesta As you can see there, 407-435-4018. Not only can he get you a car or the car that you need, but he could get you qualified as well uh, and approved. All right? So look him up as well. So thank you to Carlos and Quest for Life Promotions for advertising on this wonderful episode. I appreciate you guys. Also, Heads up to all of you, starting tomorrow and Thursday of this week, uh, we're going to be starting also expanding another avenue of this podcast. Uh, it's going to be called the Open Mindset Podcast Radio. It's going to be available on the Valencia College Radio. So go visit valenciacollegeradio.com, all right? And you're going to be listening to this podcast. It's going to be an extension, but radio version. Man, I am so honored and so blessed and honored to have uh, this opportunity. So thank you guys for your support, and thank you for everything that you guys always uh, tune in as usual. My uh, newcomers, like I said, follow on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Look it up under the Young Entrepreneur Mindset Podcast or under my name, Angel Santos. You can follow me on social media platform. So listen, guys, really quick. So today's episode, all right, it is titled "What Is Copywriting and How to Profit from It." I have a my special guest today, Troy Erickson. All right, and he's going to be talking to us about his beginnings, right, where he wasn't too successful, but he ended up doing his own business, his own company, and today he has uh, a seven-figure company. He's 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 made some great connections with people. He's a busy guy, so today he's taking out of his quality time to educate not only me but as you the audience as well so i want you to tune in and listen if you have any questions and comments i'm going to have all his bio his website his his link in the description below all right guys so let's go ahead and welcome mr troy erickson how are you doing sir hey what's up angel thanks for having me i'm excited to be here
Hey, man, it's an honor, honor to have you. I know we're probably going to have a little delay with the internet and whatnot, so bear with us. I know there's going to be some great content regardless, so I know it's a little delay. But, hey, Troy, man, I want to thank you for your time, man. I want to thank you uh, for being here. I did uh, hear from you from being on the Entrepreneurs on Fire with JLP and whatnot on his platform. You brought some great content about uh, e email uh, copywriting, uh, email deliverability. We're going to be talking about email list management. And before we get into that, though, I would love for you to start with your story, right? I know you uh, didn't succeed. I don't like to use the, the word failure too much, but you weren't too successful at maybe one of your dreams that you wanted to do uh, when you're college as was to be a baseball player. So you were successful there, but now you can take us to the beginnings. Uh, what inspired you as a young man to maybe, you know, go out for your dreams and whatnot? Yeah, first of all, you know, thanks for pointing that out, too, because um, one thing I'll preface this by saying is that you never really fail if you don't quit, right? Because the only way you can fail is if you die, because then you can't do anything anymore. But like, as long as you don't quit, you literally can't yeah. fail because you just keep going and eventually you get it right, then you're a success. And then nobody cares about the past, you know, trip ups or mess ups that you might have had. But for me, yeah, you're right. That was in the form of baseball. And um when I was a kid, all I wanted to do was play Major League Baseball. That was it. So ever since the age of probably 12 or 13, uh, me and my dad, all we did was practice. I was the only child from middle of nowhere, Indiana, and we just played baseball. So um, I got pretty good and made it into high school. And uh, one day I was going out there my sophomore year, uh, the first outdoor practice when it wasn't snowing outside, and I was competing for the very first like number one starter spot. So that's as a pitcher. Um, and that day I tore my UCL, which is a, the most important ligament in your elbow uh, when it comes to throwing a baseball. And it's a year long recovery. You're not supposed to have that at age 16. But I fought back from that, made it back. I, I played my junior year, but I couldn't pitch. I just basically batted. Um, and then my senior year I pitched and I was good enough to make it to college, even though I pretty much only had one serious year of high school pitching under my belt. So, um, and I was still convinced that that's exactly what I was going to do for the rest of my life. There's nobody could tell me otherwise. Um, and I noticed this weird thing that kind of kept rearing its ugly head stemming from the surgery and some childhood trauma. And if anybody has ever dove into like childhood trauma and just like thoughts in general about what makes up your brain. It's a crazy place and you can learn a lot about yourself. But at that time, I didn't know anything about that. And I had a lot of mental roadblocks and I ended up getting this thing called the yips. Um, that's just like the slang term for it. If you've ever seen a golfer miss an easy putt or me, a baseball player, I try to throw a ball and I bounce it or I throw it over somebody's head and you're, you're just getting in your own way, getting in your own head. That's, that was basically the life I lived, and I fought through that all of college. Um, and, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, I was, like, barely good enough to keep going and, like, keep fighting through this problem I was having. My junior year, I made some, like, huge, huge, huge leaps, and I was one of the best pitchers on my team. Um, and then later that season, I, I just blew up again, and my senior year, I got cut. Uh and basically, I lost my identity, too. It wasn't even about baseball anymore. It was, that's what I thought I wanted to do the rest of my life. And nobody could tell me otherwise. And all of a sudden, is like, hey, you're cut. Pack up your stuff, and your locker needs to be empty, and we don't want to see you anymore. 
and after that i still fought and I, I i tried to just like practice and my goal at that point i was like i just want to throw 90 miles an hour and then maybe that'll make up for sometimes like all my inaccuracies that can kind of hit me out of nowhere um and then COVID happened and i was still training but um at that point i was like can't really do anything so i have a lot of free time on my hands um and i had been studying like marketing and business a little bit and i had a couple clients in college uh that i was running facebook ads for and i was like you know what? i should probably start taking this more seriously since baseball is not going the way i thought it was going to go um so fortunately for me before right. i got caught i i had some marketing knowledge but then one day, one of my clients, this was after I graduated, one of my clients wanted to fire me. And I was like, wait, why? I'm, and I'm looking in Facebook ads manager. I'm like, we're getting a pretty good cost per lead. I don't see why that's a problem. Are you not making money off of that? And they were like, no, you're just fired. Don't worry about it. And I was like, no, no, no. You're going to tell me right now. And I basically pulled it out of them. The, the real reason why they wanted to fire me is because their emails were not performing. And I was like, well, I've written ads for you and I have a little bit of email experience from my other client. So what if I just go fix this problem for you and I'll do it for free. And when we get it fixed, we'll go back to our old agreement. And they were like, uh, sure, okay, whatever kid. So I signed in and their emails are all going to spam. <laughs> And they were written really poorly and they didn't send many of them at all. So when you combine those three things, it's a recipe for disaster. So over the course of that summer, I just sent more emails. I made them less like transactional and more personal. And I got them out of the spam folder over the course of that summer. They went from 13K a month from email to 51K a month from email. And they were like, oh, well, I wow. guess you're pretty good at this. So you should keep doing that. And then I was like, I guess I am pretty good at this. So I went and I did it for my other client and I got more clients and I found out it was just a way bluer ocean than running Facebook ads at, you know, 2017 to 2019, everybody was running Facebook ads. And I made the shift yeah. to, to email list management and copywriting and it's still a growing industry and there's still, um, you know, not as many people doing it as you'd think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why when I've heard you on, on previous podcasts talking about it's like now it, it makes sense because for those that are probably just tuning in now, you know, and, and we, we get a lot of email from, you know, maybe famous people. Like, for example, I can mention a name, let's say a Grant Cardone. Right. I don't know if you probably heard of him and they do that same thing. It's like, hey, Angel, you know, I want to invite you. And then it's like, oh, wow, this person. But it's it's uh, I guess it's a network of emails. So. Let's start from the basics, right? What what does one have to do first to gain those emails, right? Because it's like clients. You, you have to get, you have to fish, I say, let's just say you have to fish them, right? And get their contact, their email, and there has a, 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 a valid email. How do you start that procedure first? Yeah, so there's two ways you can look at it, right? As a freelancer who's looking to get clients or as a business owner who's looking to get subscribers, I think that's the, the one that would... Uh, that we can start with. Um, so obviously, a lot of people run ads to get leads, of course. So they create an offer, whether it's you know something for sale or a free opt-in that leads to something for sale. That's perfectly fine. Um, but a lot of people listening, if you're like, gosh, I don't have a huge ad budget, 
one of the best things you can do is hit up some of your friends that are in the same or similar industry. Um, and you say like, Hey, uh, how about you send an email to your list or, you know, make a post on Instagram or whatever audience they have and you promote me or you promote one of my offers. And for every person who opts in, I'll give you $3 or $5 or every person who buys a certain product, I'll give you, you know, 20%, 10%, whatever it is, come to some agreement and you basically have no risk traffic that you're getting, right? Because you're only paying after you get the traffic. So after the person opts in or after the person buys. Okay. So that's a wonderful way to do it um, if you're starting out and it forces you to go talk to other people because that's the thing, like a lot of people will give up they're like, yeah, uh, I tried that or I tried business. I tried connecting with people. And it's like, well, how many people did you actually talk to? So if you use that strategy and you have some good <laughs> friends in the industry, you can basically start to grow your list at no risk um, or very little risk, of course. And then just doing things like this, right? Like right. a podcast, a live stream, whatever it might be, just talking to other people. You will expand your network and it'll open you up to more opportunities. And you can also mention like, hey, my link is xyz.com. You can go there and, and get something for free, for example. So that's how I would um, gain subscribers if I'm starting out. But uh, yeah, it's a lot of times it's the who, not the how. Exactly, exactly. So what is copywriting? How, how did you, how, what is this about for, you know, especially the young entrepreneurs that may be listening to Nina right now, they don't know anything about that copywriting. What is copywriting and how do you profit from it? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so for any beginner, a lot of times you hear copywriting and you think that means like a legal process of making things where other people can't copy and steal them from you. That's a different exactly. spelling, right? So copy um, is basically sales writing right so if you're writing copy you're basically writing sales messages so um the main thing to keep in mind with this is businesses will pay you a lot of money to write for them for one of two reasons so the first is they're kind of stuck in this corporate mindset where they think they have to talk to their audience in a certain way and you know they watch commercials or they you know watch uh, any kind of like online show or they read ads on the internet and they're just so confused about how they should write and talk to people that they're like, you know what? I quit. I, I have no idea what I'm doing on this or, you know, we're not doing great and somebody else could do better. Um, and then very surprisingly, I've actually learned this. It's extremely simple, but the more I've leveled up and it's like, the, it, it's crazy how true it is. A lot of people will hire you simply because they don't have the time. Like it's that simple. I used to try and pitch and like do all this crazy complicated stuff, but a lot of times they just don't have time. So they want to hire somebody else to do it. Um, so basically to summarize that into two words, it's they don't have the time that you have, or they don't have the expertise that you have or the expertise that you're going to learn if this is something that interests you. So, um, right. yeah, at first I didn't really know what copy was either. Like I said, I was writing Facebook ads and that's copy too. I just didn't know what it was. Um, so as you look around, the best way to learn is just to recognize what copy is and to like kind of uh, notice it out in the wild. That's the best way I can put it. So like awareness is the very first step. So as you're scrolling okay. through Instagram or Facebook and you see a sponsored post or even if it's not sponsored, you know, people are always trying to write messages or say things to persuade you to take certain actions. So just be very mindful of those things and notice it. 
and you'll kind of um, you'll you'll see it out there, and you'll go. That's what I heard Troy say on that podcast, and you'll kind of get excited about it. And it, if you don't get excited, maybe copywriting is not for you. But if you do get excited, it's a really yeah. good possibility that it is. So um, that's what I would look for. But um, yeah, there's there's ad copy, there's email copy, there's sales letters, VSLs, which is a video sales letter. So there's copy all around us and um, just being able to, to look at it and kind of break it down in your head. Like what's going on? What's the goal this person has? What's the hook, right? So a hook is basically what's like the main thing that they're trying to do to like get your attention. So a lot of times if it's a video, it's like, and it's something that's visual. Um, and a lot of times it's something that's like clever and crafty and, and, a, and a nice play on words. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I would describe copywriting in a nutshell and how to like dip your toes in the water. Yeah, exactly. Get your feet. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you said something key just now. Uh, uh, you said something about who is on a low budget, right? And wants to get started uh, somehow with this. There's maybe another uh, email sent out. What, what's your advice for someone who wants to get started? Like, is there a way that you could go to, you know, go a Gmail, Yahoo, and set this up and start, you know, sending out emails? Once you gain those. Yeah. So if you're looking, uh, you know, to run your own business as opposed to a service provider, then you would need to go out and get something that's called an ESP. So email service provider. Now, my favorite is active campaign. But if you're balling on a budget, okay. you can go use MailChimp. I just wouldn't recommend staying there for too long because there's certain features that aren't the best. But when you start out, it's free. Um, so you would get something like that. And then you'd yeah. have to buy a domain as well. Okay. So a, a lot of people probably already have a domain. But yeah, you don't want to send marketing emails from free addresses like Gmail or Yahoo because the spam filters on those are like way higher because they know anybody can open one of those in like five seconds and, and start spamming. But yeah, so you open one of those accounts. And then the very next thing I would do, and this yeah. is, you know, this goes beyond email, but I would create an offer. So, you know, what is it that you're really, really good at that you can help other people with, whether it's a service or maybe you sell a product, literally anything. Just put your thinking cap on. Um, and for a lot of people, they're like, gosh, I don't know what that would be for me. It's sometimes a lot simpler, right? So you just think, what's something I enjoy that I could like train somebody else how to do where I wouldn't even have to leave the house. Like I don't have a physical product. I don't have like a big business, but I'm really passionate and I know a lot about whatever it is that you enjoy. Um, so you can make an offer around that. So for me, for example, now that I'm really good at writing and if you're a copywriter as well, you can kind of like swipe what I'm saying here. Don't copy it exactly, but swipe it is I basically tell business owners, Hey, um, if you are completely overwhelmed with knowing how to write and send an email and make sure it lands in the primary inbox and doesn't go to spam or the promotions tab, and you want to maximize the amount of money you're making every month, I'll actually write and send all your emails for you. And I guarantee they'll hit the main inbox and they won't go to spam. Oh, and by the way, I'll build out your automations as a bonus for free. So that's like one example, right? So I could go into hooks as well, but um, you know, it gets a little more complicated when I'm talking to higher level business owners. Um, but yeah, it's yeah just, that's a very simple offer. Yeah. So it's like, I could put it into bullet points. Here's what you get with me. 
I'll write and send an email for you every day. I'll make sure that email hits the main inbox and I'll build out your automations for you. So I create that. I could just make like a Calendly page that's free as well. Um, and then people can book calls with you on zoom or over the phone, then you can close them. Um, and you know, collect the payment with PayPal yeah. or a payment processor of sorts. And then as long as you know what you're doing, you can get started. Right. So obviously, you know, pick whatever your expertise is and do that. Um, but yeah, that's how I'd get started. And, um, yeah. And then the last thing is if, okay. if you're not a service provider, if you, just run your own business and you open up a new ESP or like MailChimp, for example, I would probably work on your welcome series first because that'll, you know, that's the first thing that people see when they come into your world. So the first email is about, you know, you and what you do and how you're different. Exactly. The second email is a little bit like any kind of information that they need to know about your offer. So kind of like an FAQ, you could also send them an email to ask them to reply and, and ask you what questions they have. So, Things like that would be a, a really good way to start. Oh, and if someone is interested in working with you, I, I can see that they could visit your website, right? TroyErickson.com and they could put in their information, you contact them and then you you put out like a blueprint, I imagine. And you're Yeah, you're lagging a little Depending bit there, on but their needs um, and what you know, what what they're yeah. looking, what their goal is. Yeah, so on a B two B level, yeah, that's more of my general website, but my contact info, and I, I think I have an opt in there as well. But yeah, if somebody wants to reach out, basically, um, you just get on my list. I probably have a calendar on that site somewhere, um, and then you just fill out the form, and then we use that information to create a plan. So we just hop on a call. Um, and then I basically run down like a, a, a deeper, more nitty gritty version of what I was talking about earlier with the daily emails, the deliverability and the automations. Um, and we just create a plan uh, and go from there. Now, as far as people wanting to learn how to do what I do. So if you're a freelancer and you're like, gosh, I, I like copywriting, but I don't have like a, a product or like any kind of like huge service I've thought of. But copywriting sounds interesting. Uh, make money typing emails.com is the, the best spot yeah. where I basically tell my whole story and like exactly what I do. And you can read more about it there. So those are the, you know, two good places to, to learn a little bit more. Okay, cool. And, and Troy, what is, um, what are some of the common mistakes that you see people do in this business? Something you see that, that is very common in people. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is just sending more emails or writing more or like taking more at bats. Right. So back to a baseball analogy. Sure. Like sometimes it's scary to strike out, but if I don't even step up to the plate, like it's impossible for me to hit a home run. It's impossible for me to get base hit. So that's the first thing. A lot of people are like, gosh, if I send too many emails or if I make too many posts or if I do too much or whatever, I'm going to annoy people. And there's this crazy fear, which I get because it's very human to worry about that. But the more you write, the more people will read your messages. And some people won't like, I'm sure. If they unsubscribe, that just means it wasn't a good fit. It's okay. Or if somebody unfriends you or unfollows you, it just wasn't a good fit. It's totally fine. Exactly. The right people will keep listening and they'll hear your messages <laughs> and they'll kind of watch you grow over time as it, because it's almost like a diary in a way. Now, as a guy, a lot of times, you know, growing up, I'd hear diary and I'd think, like, yeah. oh, I'm not doing a diary. But, 
you know, I have my own email list and I write to it every day <laughs> and real people read yeah. real stories. Yeah. And it's just so much fun to just like, like I can look back at my old emails and be like, wow, like I was in a completely different headspace back then. I've learned so much. And, and, and when you put it out there to other people, they can see it and it becomes real. Cause if you just keep it to yourself, there's not a lot of growth that happens with that. But um, on a more tactical side, I would say yeah. the biggest mistake if you're writing copy is you have to have a good hook, right? You have to have something that's interesting right at the beginning. And I alluded to this earlier, but a lot of people watch, you know, big corporations and companies and how they write messages. And it's like, hello, my name is Joe Smith. And I've been in the carpet business for 38 years. And <laughs> everybody thinks that's how you're supposed to do it. But that's boring, man. It's so boring. Like I was at an event the other day um, and Billy Jean was speaking there and he was just basically running that. <laughs> he took that and like flipped it on its head and he gave us so many examples and like crazy things. And he showed us his videos about how he comes out at the very beginning and says something outrageous, something that's crazy. Um, so that's something that a lot of people yeah. should do. So for example, um, one hook that I've done that works really well is I'm like, hey, if you're a business owner, you could actually lose money when you send an email. And the first thought is like, what the mm. heck? Like, wait a minute, there's no ad spend. How do I lose money with an email? And then I tell them, hey, there's mm. this thing called the promotions tab. It's almost as bad as the spam folder. It'll kill your open rates. And if your emails are going there, you may not even know it, but it's costing you potentially five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month, depending on you know how big your business is. Some, you know, way more than that. Right. So that's like one hook. So like you can lose money when you send an email. That's one that I've used that, that works really, really well. So um okay. yeah, just coming out with a big punch. And then something we talked about earlier as well is in general, is this goes up beyond copywriting, but having a good offer. Like nothing is gonna nothing is gonna fix a bad offer, right? So if I'm just like, hey, I'll write yeah. some emails for you. Exactly. Anybody can do that. But when you add in like increased deliverability on top of that, I'm like, hey, actually other people can write emails, but I'm the only one that can guarantee that as many people as possible will open them. That's a good offer. So those are just some things to think about. Um, That's right. And uh, lastly, I would say, uh, because technically when you write messages to okay. other people, that's copy too. You want to make sure you keep following up. So like if you've ever done cold outreach and you're trying to get in touch with somebody, just keep following up. And every time you follow up, make sure that there's something yeah. new and creative and it's not just like, hey, did you read my last message? So those are some things that I would suggest for a variety yeah. <laughs> of different copy reasons. Exactly. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I think you brought that uh, very clear there because... I think one thing that I see a lot and those emails that I receive is the body. It's just too long. It's like by the time I, you're going to tell me what, what the uh, email is about is at the very end. I email. It's like those books that, you know, whether you, would you rather read a book this thick or read a book this thing? You know what I'm saying? It's like the body of, of the emails is too long, man. It's just too much, too much. I think it's that's why it's, it's some people don't leave. Yeah, it, uh, it really depends, too, because I'm not against long copy if it's good, right? Because, for example, if you love basketball 
and I write okay. like a really yeah. long message about basketball, but it's like an emotional story. I mean, or let's, let's look at my story talking about baseball. Like hopefully oh. it was good and everybody here listened yeah. to it. If it was boring, maybe you left. Sorry. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, I think most of the people are here because it was <laughs> yeah. interesting. So I could have, I could have yeah. doubled the length of it, but as long as I keep it interesting, that's fine. Now to your point. Um, yeah. I have noticed that like, Trends, right. they come and they go. And I've noticed over the last few years, if you can be direct and to the point with maybe like a three minute video instead of a 15 minute video, as long as you hit all the main things you need to hit, shorter does pretty well because people have really short attention spans these days, especially on social media with, you know, short form content. So that's cool. So listen, Troy, man, I appreciate your time, man. Um, time has run, but I believe that you have provided some outstanding uh, content, very informative. Um, I want to leave it there so that if someone is eager to contact you, and you could probably turn it into a lead. So guys, if you need uh, more information, I invite you to follow Troy. He's also uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can follow him there on his role. Hey, Troy, man, I greatly appreciate your time, man. I greatly appreciate you dropping some great information uh, on this content for the young entrepreneurs that maybe uh, have never heard and not too familiar with it. But again, if they want to get more information, feel free to reach out to Troy. He's reachable. He's human, just like us. So, you know, he's reachable. So if you got more information, Hey, uh, uh, tune in to him and, and follow him. So, hey, Troy, what's what's the last? I want to leave you with this because I heard it on the podcast, right? On the Entrepreneurs on Fire. Ah, that ain't going to work. And yet there's a little story about your father with this TikTok. Can you share about that when someone says that? Hey, that, that ain't going to work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the exact story. It broke up a little bit. Hearing my dad and TikTok, usually what what it comes down to is like, uh, like he's great. Like he, he trained me in so many things in baseball and instilled so many life lessons in me. I, I can't think of enough. But sometimes when he sees me doing something new, he's like, hey, why don't you stick to what you're doing right now? Because you know it's working. And I'm like, uh, I don't know about that one, because every time I try something new, just I got to remember that there's these things called irreversible decisions and reversible decisions. Very few decisions in life are actually irreversible, right? That's just like major decisions. But like, hey, if I started a TikTok and I didn't like it, it wasn't working, I blew a few bucks on it, didn't work, I can just reverse that. I can just stop TikToking and stick to what I'm good at. But what I've done really well is it's like, you start down something. Well, first of all, you think about it like, hey, how does this complement what I'm doing where it kind of adds on to what I do instead of kind of like as a whole separate thing, right? Like we want these two things to go together to an extent. So um, just being able to understand that and then take a calculated risk, right? Like this is probably good for me. I'm going to try it. And if you try it and it doesn't work out, that's fine. It's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you might as well try and see what happens. And for me, um, of all the guesses I take, I would say about half the things I do, maybe a little bit more, are pretty good ideas. So I've kind of got it down to um, where my rate of dumb ideas is pretty low now. So 
I always remind my dad, hey, it's okay to try new things. And, you know, if something fails, it's, it's whatever. It's not the end of the world. That's right. That's right. All right, Troy, man. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate sharing your story, man. Hey, listen, much to uh, your company. And I know you just got engaged recently. So, hey, man, blessings to you and your Thank new you. adventure and with your with your partner with your wife so congratulations man and many blessings to you and your family man so it's gonna be a huge year for you and for your family for your business so hey much love man you take care all right thank you angel i appreciate it all right man you be safe take it easy sounds good all right folks so there you have it guys thank you sam Follow Troy Erickson. He is a wonderful man, man. And you can follow him on Instagram, Facebook, and even on his website. So there you have it. I hope you enjoy this content. If you still uh, struggle to understand a little bit what he was talking about, hey, listen, follow him and uh, send him an email or, or a message or follow on his website. His his website is there. You can go online and look him up and and follow him, okay? Also, for you, for you uh, that is listening right now and you're downloading uh, this content and whatnot uh, via Anchor Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music. Listen, download it, leave me a review, leave me a comment, and I appreciate that feedback because I'm definitely going to uh, follow up on that, okay? And before we leave, I do want to leave you with the scripture, um, uh, favorite sessions uh, on this podcast. It's to leave you with a, a scripture. And it's in Proverbs 16, 8, and it says, It is better to have a little honestly earned than to have a, a large honestly gained. So that's today's word, man. So listen, folks, happy Monday, happy Mindset Month. I hope you have a with Core Life promotions on the Valencia college radio so visit valenciacollegeradio.com and you're going to be listening to this podcast and in transition radio that's right in transition radio with quest for life productions and we are going to be out there uh with them so tune in because there's going to be more information on that coming up soon all right guys so god bless i'll see you in the next episode